Hello. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to episode 16. That's 10 over here and 6 over there. And that's 16 episodes of Get the Flick Out of Here. Uh, I uh, I am your host, uh, Alex Pulaski. With me, as always, Kate Elizabeth. And uh, we talk about weird, bad, crazy uh, movies, apparently exclusively involving uh, weird uh, sci-fi uh, comedy <laughs> horror romps that take place in the late 80s. I don't know. We're going to stop doing that because Kate has reached her wit's end with such films. Just a little uh, burnt out on these self-effacing mystical parody type thing for a little bit. There were a ton of fun, but we've done a lot of them in a row. <laughs> Uh, we did we did uh, we did mannequin last week and and its subsidiary mannequin 2. I won't say sequel because it wasn't uh, it was a subsidiary of the first one um it was and, a uh, thing with the same name that came next <laughs> yeah uh and this week was well, here's the deal our boss the wonderful Jimmy van uh requested. Uh, crazy clowns, killer clowns, killer crazy clowns from outer space. And uh, Kate said no, because it's too scary. <laughs> so I was like, okay, let's find, let's find something that's along the like, same lines of that. I'm so easily scared. It's ridiculous. Um, and I, I've got my things crossed. I was like, no, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, like, I don't know if it's that scary. Also, it stars George Clooney in a very early role. I looked it up. I was wrong. I was like, what is he in? It's not Killer Clowns? No. It's Killer Tomatoes. And I said, oh, well, then we got to do Return of the Killer Tomatoes, which stars George Clooney. A young mulleted George. A Clooney. young mulleted. He is bemulleted. Um <laughs> and uh uh he's the very, very best part of this movie. Like this like the only thing about the movie that is actually really good is George Clooney being perfectly cast and playing perfectly this uh this you know the stock character of horn dog best friend from the late 80s. Um, I would even say it's a stretch to call that good. I think in the universe it was in, mm. it was the best part of what it was in. Um, I, I will go so far as to say it is the very best portrayal of that archetype in the history of cinema. Uh, I, I, I liked this movie a lot more than you did. <laughs> but um, the one thing I was going to say is that Return of the Killer Tomatoes implies that they were here before. So in order to do that, you have to go back to Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Because I am a very masochistic person. Uh, I have started to do too much research for these things. Uh, I.e. Uh, going and finding the entire original script for The Room and looking at that and watching The Disaster Artist, which was the movie based, maybe made based on the making of The Room, and do all that stuff, I actually went and I watched the entirety 
of attack of the killer tomatoes so i would have some kind of reference to what they were trying to do uh when they made the sequel return of the killer tomatoes um and it's a good thing that i did because you didn't and i think the reason that i uh enjoyed return of the killer tomatoes um not, not enjoyed it but didn't hate it was because i had seen the first one and so i was like oh hey it's that character that's that's cool that he they got him to come back that's kind of cool oh that's a callback a direct callback from that joke all right um and if you hadn't seen the first one you'd have no idea the other thing that i think made it more fun for me is that out of the blue impromptu i decided to do a watch along uh on my own personal youtube channel which is you can find by looking up alex sour graps on youtube i don't have one of those fancy urls yet because i don't have enough people subscribed to it but all of you out there could do something about that hint hint um and so a bunch of people um watched watched it along with me uh which is what a watch along is uh and uh we watched return of tomatoes and and had a blast very late at night on saturday um and probably was like, you know, watching movies with friends makes the movie more fun as opposed to like sitting and just what, what the hell is this? Um, so, uh, Kate, I don't disagree with you. It's a bad movie. It's a really bad movie. I don't know if I've gotten the flick out of here on anything faster. It's a really bad movie. I won't, I won't argue with it. It was with it. one star on Rotten Tomatoes, which I was like, well, that's funny because it's Killer Tomatoes. And three and a half stars on IMDb, but I think there were only like two people that bothered to rate it. So I was like, much like The Room, this is going to go one way or the other, right? But this was not like so bad. It was like, you're tearing me apart, Lisa! No, no. This was no. just... I was unbelievably bored. Mm -mm. And found many a hole in the premise. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah, there's no there premise. Premise. There's no such thing as a premise here. Um, I'm going to do a very, 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 very brief review about Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, uh, so that so that I will so that at least people who are watching this review will understand what I'm referring to when the things happen in Return of the Killer Tomatoes. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes was made in 1977 on a very shoestring budget. And it was, uh, it was, it was one of the very first parody movies in that vein. Like it precedes Airplane. Like it was made before Airplane. Like you think about like what Airplane was to the to the uh, to the parody genre. Like it is the thing that we all look back at. If you love parody movies, that's it. Like that's the one that started the whole deal. But it didn't. This did. In this very odd way, it was parodying parodying uh, both um, like weird like uh, alien invasion movies and things like that as well as military movies and basically the entire American government because if there's one thing that that people did right in the 70s it was distrust the F out of the American government because they were like <laughs> wait a minute what was going on with Nixon and then anything that, that came out afterwards they were like no 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 you're all a bunch of so um so they did some really really good stuff uh there the first 10 minutes is actually uh kind of ingenious where like there's the was a the way they do the tomatoes in the first movie is they just have like actual tomatoes and then they're like stop motioned as they like roll around 
you know, like it's very obviously stop motion. And then there's this weird sound that they make, which is that's the tomatoes. And so the very beginning, a tomato is being washed in the sink by this housewife and then it eats her. Um, and then we get these two hard bitten detectives who show up the next morning as they're taking pictures of the crime scene. Like, hey, we don't have a murder weapon, no motive, nobody was here, nobody saw anything. What are we gonna what do we got to go on? All we got here is this blood-stained corpse. Look closer, Mahoney. This isn't blood, it's tomato juice. Like it was like this. That's like that's a funny thing. Like I I get everybody knows the scene where the detectives are like, hey, this thing happened, and, the and then they you take that and you, you lampoon it. That's great. Um, they you, you get this whole thing where like the government is trying to cover up the the government knows way more than they're letting on, um, and they have all these these military types and scientists who show up, and they're supposed to have this impromptu field meeting, but. Uh, uh, they go into the, step into step into the, uh, the conference room, um, and it's a closet. Like literally, the 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 table is as big as the entire room. Like the chairs can't even really be pushed out. Uh, there's no way to get around the table, so everybody has to climb over it. And it takes like two minutes for all of these stuff shirt politicians and generals and scientists to climb over this table in very funny fashion as one guy says, I'm sorry, gentlemen, it was the biggest room I could get on such short notice. And they, the commitment to the bit of, no, no, we're just going to put the camera right here and watch all of these actors try and climb over this table in very funny ways. It, honestly, it really made me laugh. And I was like, oh, great. And then it's the 1970s. So um, they started getting into the homophobia and racism and, you know, yes. <laughs> Uh, you know, you just have to like you have to you have to excuse those jokes, otherwise the movie doesn't exist. Uh, it's not great. Don't do it. Didn't laugh at them, but they were definitely right there, and it was like, okay, we're we're not gonna. That's not great. Um, but uh, the movie like starts getting more and more crazy. There's a there's a hit song. It's a running gag. There's a hit song sung by some teeny bopper singer called puberty love he's a terrible singer and it's a puberty puberty love uh really terrible song and everyone like oh when that song comes on the radio everybody turns it off but it's always on the radio it's number one um so that's a thing that is part that runs through the whole thing um and that is the song that stops the killer tomatoes from killing tomato lee like for whatever reason when they hear that song they just turn back into regular tomatoes um it's very weird there's a there's a lois lane type like reporter who's sent out on the job to like like you know find out what's really going on um and uh there's this guy who uh who was supposedly uh was his fault to pay of pigs didn't work but that's the only guy that the, the spies will give to the government to run this anti-tomato operation and they give him uh, a crack team of um these these commandos one of which is a woman who's defected from east germany who's a, a a gymnast she's a very burly woman with pigtails and uh one scene she eats a bowl of steroides it's a box of wheaties but she pour and it says steroides on it so you know it's that kind of joke from the 1970s 
she gets eaten by tomatoes. Um, then there's oh, a guy no. who's an underwater expert. And when you know he's an underwater expert because he literally goes everywhere wearing a full scuba suit and flippers and scuba tank. At one point, he dives into a fountain outside an office building. And that's the whole scene. And we never see him again until he shows up again in Return of the Killer Tomatoes. And because <laughs> yeah, that's that guy. But okay. you would have no idea. What the hell is this scuba guy doing? Yeah, but was that was confusing. a point in the first in the first one. There's also uh, a master of disguise whose name is uh, his name is Sam Smith. He's a he's a he's a black guy, um, and he uh, ends up again in Return of the Killer Tomatoes. But you'd have no idea why the hell he's dressed like that if you didn't right. watch the first one because that's what he does. He does all all kinds of crazy costumes and stuff. At one point, he dresses up like a tomato to infiltrate the Killer Tomatoes, and he's doing a pretty good job. Uh, until, until to season the piece of human meat that he is eating around a campfire, you know, to blend in. Because you know when you go undercover, like you do. yeah. When you go undercover with the drug dealers, you gotta you gotta do some cocaine, otherwise they're gonna know that you're a cop. Of course. So when you go undercover with the with the man eating tomatoes, you gotta eat some people. Of course. But because he's different, uh, because you know he's never done this before. Uh, and, and human meat doesn't taste that good to him. He wants something to change the taste of it. So he says, oh, could you please pass the ketchup? And he realizes his error immediately. And he's like, oh, no. And so we all think all the all the other tomatoes ate him. But apparently they didn't because he's in the second movie. Um, but the big the big guy who's the big part of this commando thing is a guy named Finletter. Wilbur Finletter. We, first time we see him, he parachutes out of the sky. It's like a like an airborne ranger type, and the rest of the movie, he wears the the deployed parachute dragging behind him, for the rest of the film, including a very elaborate on foot chase scene over boxes and fences and through a rail yard where he has to like pull the parachute up and, and run with it under his arm, and it's very funny, um, but it's it is absolutely absurd. Um, and there's there's all kinds of holes in it. Um, none, none of it really makes a lot of sense. Uh, they do a big a thing at the end uh, where they try and trap all the uh, tomatoes in the big San Diego Municipal Baseball Stadium where they can use all the loudspeakers to play Puberty Love so they will make stop them all from, uh, from you know, being killer tomatoes. Um, uh, this is after like the entire population of San Diego stomps on all the tomatoes um, once they've calmed down from being killer tomatoes. But there's a very, very funny scene where um, the Lois Lane reporter character is cornered in the parking garage under the, um, the stadium uh, by uh, a tomato wearing earmuffs. So, so he can't hear the puberty love song because he's outsmarted them. So this giant fake tomato wearing huge fake earmuffs. And uh, the hero of the movie is this guy, Mason Dixon, the guy who ruined the Bay of, Bay of Pigs. He's very short, very ugly, uh, should not be this, this heartthrob character, which is why they cast him. Um, anyway, in order to defeat the last tomato... For some reason, he has rolled up in his inside coat pocket a copy of the sheet music of Puberty Love, 
and he shows it to the tomato and the tomato just i don't know like spontaneously combusts That's it's a amazing. ridiculous ridiculous movie um with some really clever gags in it but ultimately not just not enough to sustain it as an actual film more sure. like a hey this is like uh um a student film version of what airplane is trying to be kind of a thing doesn't really work uh but the at the end of it humanity has won the tomatoes have been defeated um and uh oh there's also the the guy who was he wasn't behind the tomatoes he was trying to use the tomatoes for his own ends is the press secretary richardson um uh who's through throughout the whole thing like updating the president the president is just signing things the entire time like they're doing a they're doing a gerald ford thing where like gerald ford is really dumb let's just let let's just keep him behind this office let him sign some stuff so he can't you know uh whatever um at one point it's like uh, we're gonna drop a nuclear bomb on new york new york mr president uh, there's there's the tomatoes are nowhere near new york you worry about your problems i'll worry about mine so apparently the people in New York don't like the president, I guess is the joke. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a funny gag. But then Richardson reveals that he has, he has figured out how to control the, the, um, the tomatoes by, by playing the music to soothe them when he wants them to be soothed. And then he will direct them, like sick them on people by then top stopping the music that's that was his whole plan and he's that then that way i'll become president and i'll have an army of tomatoes at my beck and call and i'll run over the whole world and i'll become the dictator of everybody that's what he wants to do the press secretary of course um it doesn't work out that way and he ends up getting shot by finn letter i think anyway it's a really really weird uh bad ultimately bad but sure. in some points really clever movie um and there's no need to make a sequel to this movie, especially 11 years later, <laughs> no need whatsoever. Um, so there's there's attack of the killer tomatoes, summed up I think, in a way that lets you know what we're what we're doing here now. Attack of uh, Return of the Killer Tomatoes uh, picks up where um, tomatoes have been banned from America because we can't we can't trust them to not. Awesome. To not turn killer again uh and i thought that's absolutely what america would do <laughs> you know like like i mean let's let's be honest i mean not that i want to like make everything super serious but you know we're at war with the japanese we better round up all japanese american citizens and put them in camps just in case just in case one of them might try to do something oh yeah oh, let's, even let's like... ban all tomatoes just the idea like prohibition right <laughs> like how'd that work out like it just made everything cooler like <laughs> and underground and made people yeah. richer and there's there's so a fantastic like a little little, little sequence where there is a drug dealer who is dealing tomatoes illicit tomatoes to a very italian grocery store owner like, I gotta have my tomatoes. How am I gonna make my sauce? I got these tomatoes right here. These some really nice tomatoes. Um, uh, which I, you know, is that's a, if you're gonna have a parody, that makes sense. Um, anyway, the whole thing centers around um, what's the guy's name? The main character, 
what the hell is his name? Uh, Chad. Chad. Of course it's Chad. Chad. And his, his, his roommate is Matt. And Matt is played by George, uh, George Clooney. To give you an idea of how perfectly uh, late 80s, um, he's, he's a character from a sitcom rather than he's a character from a movie. Yes. Like absolutely the uh there's there's gotta have been somebody in some writer's room of some sitcom of so uh you know the the Matt character he's got this great scheme, see? He's gonna sell raffle tickets to have a date with Robert Downey Jr., who's a big heartthrob at the time, you understand. There is no date with Robert Downey Jr., but in order to get a raffle ticket, you have to give Matt your phone number so he's gonna make sure that and also a picture of yourself so he can know which ones are the you know the nines and the tens and then he'll call them and say i'm sorry you didn't win a date robert denny jr but the next best prize is a date with me and that's how he's gonna get laid see and that's all that men care about in the 1980s um it's 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 a it's a ludicrous little thing but the way clooney sells it i think is really the hello hello ladies uh it's nice to see you uh no, 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 please don't forget the picture uh he's just he's so so great at playing this type of character um it is i i i, I said this while we were watching it on the little uh live stream uh george clooney is not allowed to be that funny <laughs> he's just not you don't like, get to be just, that high and you, you don't get to, you don't get to be that handsome and that naturally funny it's just not allowed somebody should have stopped him at some point um is, is your, sorry sir you have to pick one we're gonna yeah. have to give you radical plastic surgery if you want to remain funny or you're not allowed to tell a joke ever again that's it um and he could uh, still uh, have a great career doing er he's right. great at well, drama you don't get yeah, to be he, that funny he was, though he was very good at drama um uh but like he, he like if you watch him on like uh, late night uh, talk show interviews and everything. He would always be a very funny guy, and like, oh, he tells jokes. But like watching him in a comedy, it's like, well, this is actually the realm that he was supposed to be in, but nobody let him because he was just so damned handsome. Um, uh, but anyway, the uh, I was watch. I was trying to figure out who the hell plays Chad. It's like I know I've seen that guy before. I figured it out. Were you a Seinfeld? gal did you watch a little did you yes. watch Seinfeld? yeah do you remember the episode uh it was in season six called the jimmy oh my god where jimmy is this guy at the gym who speaks about himself only in the third person which is very confusing for elaine because elaine thinks that jimmy is talking about somebody else but he's actually talking about himself also george falls in love with this jimmy guy because he's just so cool and he could jump really high um and Jimmy's just this total a-hole, and Jerry hates him. Uh, this episode is also famous because it's the one where uh, Tim Watley, the dentist, played by Brian Cranston, who was also, of course, from Breaking Bad, uh, it was the one where he was drugging his patients and having sex with them, or at least having weird, like, pseudo-threesomes with, uh, with an unconscious patient and his hot nurse. That was also the same episode, which also happens to be the same episode where because Kramer keeps going back to the dentist, he keeps getting shot with Novocaine. They think he's developmentally disabled because he can't speak. That's and then he's right. the guest of honor for the Mel Torme benefit dinner. All of that happens with the same episode. God, I loved Seinfeld. 
um, uh, but that's where that's where I knew Jimmy from because I watched a lot of Seinfeld because it was on at six p.m. while I was eating dinner all through undergrad. I would like in my dinner, sit down in front of the TV, turn on an episode of Seinfeld. I must see this episode ten times. Anyway, um, before that, this guy played uh, played Chad, and he is lovelorn and in love with this girl. I suppose I should explain this. Chad is Chan Finletter. His uncle is Wilbur Finletter from the first movie, The Guy with the Parachute. Um, he is turned virulently, virulently racist against tomatoes. You know how some World War II veterans like really never for the rest of their lives trusted Japanese people kind yeah. of a thing? You know, like, I get it, but let's try and not to paint everybody with the same brush. All tomatoes, he thinks, need to be like run up, rounded up, and shot. He wants to invade other countries to steal their tomatoes so they can kill him. He's gone a little crazy. But he runs a pizza place, which doesn't make a lot of sense in a world without tomatoes. Um, and I was thinking, oh, yeah, you could totally do it. You could like a barbecue chicken pizza, you know, like ranch, White you could pizzas, do Alfredo, yeah. Alfredo toppings, sauce, whatever. No, no, no. There's like boysenberry and peanut butter and chocolate sauce. But they're not just dessert pizzas. They have regular pizza toppings, but with weird fruity and, and dairy sauces. Like, uh, hey, double pepperoni and anchovies with boysenberry sauce. Like, if that is the world that we're living in after the Great Tomato War, I am defecting to some other country that hasn't banned tomatoes. Now I don't care if the tomatoes come back Start attacking people again and kill my whole family. If I can't eat pizza again, I'm willing to run the risk to go to a place where I can have pizza. Just Canada. Yeah. I'll even still live here and go to Canada for my pizza and come back. Ah, yeah. Like I moved, moved like to like get right across the border. Yeah. Like I moved to like Niagara Falls, America, you know, and then go across the bridge. That Canadian border was stacked with pizza places you know oh all, all over the place all over the place um anyway he's a delivery boy chad is for his uncle wilbur who runs this pizza place that doesn't have tomatoes and he keeps delivering pizza to this old rickety house to this really hot girl who's very odd spoiler alert the reason she's odd is because she's a tomato um the Correct. guy who lives in this house who she is married to even though she's like 20 and he's 70 um is a mad scientist who apparently was responsible for the tornadoes in the first movie um they never tell you where the tomatoes came from in the first movie we're assumed they're like aliens or something but all of a sudden the tomatoes turn uh evil in the first movie but apparently it was this guy's work all along uh this guy Which means is richardson Professor... was the fall guy richardson richardson was just he realized what the what the uh, um, what the tomatoes were doing, and he was like, "I can harness this for my own ends." He had no, he had no idea where they came from, but he figured out the key to it. Now yes. he was shot in the first movie, but he's in the second movie. Apparently, the bullet didn't take. I thought we saw a scene of him being taken away to jail, or did I make right. that up? Uh, he was shot, but he wasn't killed. Okay. I don't know. Like they make it pretty obvious in the first movie that he was dead. Gotcha. But they just decided to bring him back because you know, funny. Sure. Um, I love that. At one point, he gets 
carried away uh, to jail uh, the second time because they're trying to make him escape. And he says, you can't do this to me. I was the star of the first picture. He was in a lot of the movie, the first movie. Uh, you can't do this. You can't treat me like this. I was the star of the first picture. Um, but anyway, uh, yes, this guy, Professor Gangrene, who makes tomatoes evil, is played by John Astin, who was the first ever Gomez Adams in the TV show The Adams Family. That's who that guy is. Um, and so he's able to not only turn tomatoes evil, but he's able to make evil tomatoes into evil people. They're kind of brain dead, like a lot of them don't talk, but it depends on what music he plays. It will turn them with this new contraption he's built into different people. You play sexy music, they turn into hot ladies. You play this one particular type of militaristic tune, and they all turn into Rambo. So he's got a fleet of tomato Rambos. They all look like regular people, but they're all tomatoes. They got tomato brains. There's a whole bunch of Rambos who guard his place the whole time. Uh, they look like they all look like Rambo. Um, I did just feel like immediately here. Why are they robotic cyborg people if they are tomatoes? I don't have an answer to that. Nor did they. No, no, they Nor don't have an answer did to they. that. But I guess it's to how you were able to distinguish between tomato people and I regular guess. people. They got big old red eyes that light up sometimes. That was fair she, Tara, Tara the tomato, is uh is gorgeous, is by the way. Like oh, one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen in my life. Ab absolutely, absolutely, absolutely gorgeous. Um, but uh uh she's also very robotic, doesn't yeah. say things people would understand. Um, she's very upset. Um, she's very upset um because uh <clears throat> Um, well, well, so Grand Green's going to do this. He's going to break Richardson, the press secretary. Of the, he's going to break him out of jail and make him president. Of course, they're basically, gonna, they're going to run the whole thing uh, from the big, from the first movie again. Um, so, uh, so, so, it, Chad delivers a pizza to her. And says, "Hey, so we, what do you got going on in there?" He's doing a, he's doing a whole Marty McFly thing. Like he's very Marty McFly. Um, uh, hey, so how's it how's it going? Hot, hot girl, I'm not at all attracted to. Anyway, uh, what's going on in there? Is uh, um, uh, so uh, do you do you live with this professor guy? He's like, I am his wife. Um, uh, I am his lover. I also cook and clean. Um, it's like, uh, oh, um, so he tries to make a tomato into something but it winds up like mutated and fuzzy and so he tries to have it killed by there's a nut like his his henchman igor wants to be a newscaster which i yeah it's the 80s that's a thing people wanted to be was newscasters i don't know why um but so he's also a tomato but he wants to be something more in his life um so he says igor you take this tomato and, and kill it but he just drops it in the trash and she wants to keep it because he thinks it's cute. And she calls him FT fuzzy tomato. Now in the live stream, 
FT was the hero of the whole damn live stream. <laughs> everybody was, everybody in the chat was was loving FT. The Sea Girls were like, "I want, I want an FT. Can I buy an FT? Give me an FT." I was like, "Well, you, you because probably get they it. love the Squishmallow things, and it kind of looks you can, like one you of can those." Get an, yeah, you can get a, an NFT, but I think There's it's probably FT. an FT it's, NFT out there. It's got to be somewhere, right? Gotta be. Um, so she is so upset that they tried to have this fuzzy tomato murdered. But she goes and finds it and then says, okay, now I'm going to go be a human. And the only way she knows how to do that is to show up at Chad's pizza place and say, let's make love. I want to have sex with you. Please have sex with me. To which this kid, who's got an absolute boner for this girl, like, like wants her, I like did. nobody Look else. I did. Look at her. Like, My God. I, I couldn't, I don't want, nice lady, let's not please, I don't want to have the sex, um, which is nice. I mean, like, I think, I think if you're trying to be the gentleman about everything, I think I would like to make love to you is as much a verbal consent as you could possibly get. You know it's what I mean? It's true. And, sorry, I'm just looking at my notes and part of them say, an opening musical number and a recap back to back is a lot yes it's true there was a very intense musical number and a yeah. recap of what i think was supposed to be like summing up the first movie which alex right. did a better job of but they also um he like had said to her like did you fall and hit your head or something so i kind of yes. interpreted that as like he knew she was off in some way and didn't want to like immediately sleep with someone who might not like have all their faculties right, which, which or is, maybe which, be under the a substance of some sort which i appreciate what a gentleman what right. a guy what a guy what a, in the 80s that that guy qual that qualifies you for the nobel peace prize yeah. i mean come on prince um, of where yeah uh, that's that's nice um but uh so um there's a they he ends up taking her back to his place and george clooney <laughs> shows up and he's going in. He's always brushing his teeth in this movie, which he I, really I is. Very, I, I find very charming, um, and like his, his little weird little quirk. Um, but he shows up. He's apparently he spent the night at a uh, at a lady's lady friend's abode, and he shows up and uh, he goes in and he goes into uh, the bathroom to brush his teeth, um, and behind him in the shower is Tara, Tomato Tara. Um, and tomato Tara, and she gets out of the shower and he turns around and she's just <laughs> like the take that he that he gives to her naked breasts is is just so over the top but so somehow it is skeevy and endearing at the same time um and he, he tries to wake up and say hey chad wake up wake up What's going on, buddy? You got to tell me what's happening. <laughs> How, what is happening here? Um, and so he tries. He has to. He's he's the guy who convinces her. Like she's really hot, and she appears to be super into you. She's making both of us breakfast. I think you should marry her. Like he did say, like she cooks, she cleans. <laughs> I was like, okay, she's sexy he's as not hell. The fifties, but yeah. all right. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, listen. These guys don't obviously don't cook or clean. Although Chad is the master of making pizzas, I guess. 
Yeah, and Clooney's always brushing his teeth. There's some sense of hygiene. Then. That's that is true. That's true. Um, so anyway, uh, there's a, a whirlwind romance montage where they the first in the first scene of the montage they meet a mime who's a little bit too uh, attached to them. And then in subsequent scenes in the in the in the, in the uh, montage where the mime should not be present, more Correct. mimes. Uh, the same mime again and again uh, until he finally gets punched in the face by Chad. Um, so Chad hates tomatoes because he was raised by his uncle who despises tomatoes. And Tara's like, what? <laughs> not all tomatoes. Hashtag not all tomatoes. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's like, yes, all tomatoes. All tomatoes are terrible. How can how can how can you even think about tomatoes? And then uh, apparently, what I forgot about in this movie is that if if a tomato person, tomato person, hears music, they turn back into tomato tomato. Right. Um, so uh, while uh, Chad is going to the bathroom at this very fancy restaurant. Because he's he's just so disgusted by how much she loves to parents tomato lover. I have to I have to go I have to go urinate to get myself away from this place. I back. have to think about some things. Yeah, right. Um. So uh, yeah, he he leaves, but she's there, and the violinist at this swanky restaurant comes by and starts playing music, and she turns into a tomato, and everybody's like, ah, a tomato, and the entire place clears out and runs away because a obviously. Tomato. All tomatoes, yes, are all killer tomatoes. tomatoes. Yeah, um, all tomatoes are killer tomatoes. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, she oh she throws a drink in his lap, and that's why he goes to go uh, because because of his aunt because of his racist ways. Um, right. The sound of a chiming grandfather clock is what turns her back into a human. Just as Chad returns, uh, like hey, where everybody go? Oh well, you want to leave? Okay, fine. Um, I will say if killer tomatoes are that easily controlled by music, right? Maybe just let tomatoes in your society. Like that seems like a, everybody. I mean, now I guess we all have iPods, but I'm like, every store had one, right? Right. Every store yeah. had music playing. Yeah, it's very odd. I mean, like I guess it would turn regular tomatoes into evil people, and then you could turn them back. So like you'd have like every now and then, every time the song would change. You would just have tomatoes going from human tomato, tomato human, human yeah, tomato. That's true. You know, if well, like play one killer specific ones. like piece of music that never ended. So like only the, the every, killer in, ones, though. Not every tomato. Every right? to, every tomato is a killer tomato. Mm. Are they though, or do some not, just go on your pizza? You're right. You're right. Um. So. Uh, so they Igor is sent in a garbage truck to go uh to go to the prison, which is where he communicates with Richardson. There's like there's a there's actually a very clever little thing where he walks up to a sign that says, Real criminals this way, politicians this way. And he follows the politician sign where they're all uh being waited on hand and foot by butlers and hitting golf balls on a driving range. Because let me they're politicians, not really criminals. Um uh, uh so that's why he's able to talk communicate with Richardson about when the plan is to break him out. Also, he goes and and to a toxic waste dump 
and uh, retrieves some toxic waste. He doesn't dump it. He gets some uh, and brings it back to... That's how they turn people into tomatoes using the toxic waste. Um, so this is where um, Chad realizes that she's a tomato. It's the most horrible thing in his in his life that she's a tomato, but she's he's, he's in love with her. He's got to get her back. You know what I mean? Um, and Which, uh, like, right there, right? right? Like, you're in love with a tomato. Maybe the next step for you is therapy. Uh-huh. Um, so Chad watches. He watches through the little hole in the basement foundation of this place that he sees Dr. Grand Green transform a tomato into a person. He's been tailing Igor to and from this uh, toxic waste dump in really funny ways too. Like he falls off of his motorcycle every time he stops and he sprints really way too fast to get from place to place to hide. It's, it, this is ridiculous. Um, so toxic waste dump also just very accessible to like yes yeah anybody the town show. children we see a kid there was a child there fishing in the toxic waste dump yes so Literally. just like maybe it shouldn't have like taken so much to click for people you know what i mean yeah, like you're toxic right. waste you, dump no. produce right. coming alive and killing everyone so true so true um so uh hmm uh so Chad watches Dr. Gangrene transform a tomato into a person, another another commando dude. Um, and he uh, he runs home and he finds Tara eating plant food. Um and and he, he loses his mind. <laughs> he just screams out. Uh and then uh I think that's is that where FT runs away or something, and they have to go I chase him. So, yeah. FT is FT is literally being stomped on by people in the street. It's a tomato. Let's kill it. <laughs> this is amazing. Amer Americans, um, a, a very astute observation. Um, so uh, he is convinced that Tara, while being out, has been turned into a tomato herself. Uh, and he finds a tomato at a grocery store and is convinced that it's her. And he keeps taking it with him everywhere. Um, uh, at one point, it gets squashed, right? Something, ha something bad so. happens. Yeah. To the, something bad happens to the tomato. And he's like, oh, my, the love of my life. And she's a vegetable. And now she's squished. What will I do? And George Clooney's like, you know, listen, it's fine. And I'm sure it's fishing the sea. Um, I want to I want to bring up a scene in the movie that that I I honestly loved, which is the breaking of the fourth wall, like tickled me to no end. Uh, guys, what are we gonna do? We have the money to do the, the to do the rest of this movie. Like, uh, we are out of move. We are out of money. We the, that's it. Like we we got no money, more money for film or anything. We can't pay anybody. The movie's over. We're out of money. Um, and uh, then George Clooney, who's seated in a makeup chair with one of those little makeup bibs around, as the women like on the makeup chair like put making up to look more handsome and fanning him with with you know whatever. He's like, I think it's actually you know, it's, it's time. Like 
people. Uh, I think it's time. It's, it's the '80s, after all. I think it's time we uh, we go to product placement. Uh, it's, I think it's good. I think we can make a lot of money. I think we should try it. Uh, the director agrees, um, and uh, and then um, like, what are we going to do? What like, how are we how are we going to handle it? What about the uh, the Screen Actors Guild? And George Clooney says, "Fuck the Screen Actors." Guild. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just thought it was so funny, Commander Clooney. And, uh, I and almost hated it because I thought we were going to get this like movie inside a movie thing and I was like oh. if they waited an hour and ten minutes to give us a Bob Newhart no. ending I was going to be so pissed but then when Cludy came out I loved what they ended up doing and and then some a representative from the Screen Actors Guild immediately shows up like, yes. what do we, do? we have to pay all these people if you're getting money from 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 uh, from uh, product placement you got to pay all these people everybody here who has a line Four hundred dollars, like, like, like. Well, that person, he just said something. He's got four hundred dollars. Four hundred dollars. I, I get paid four hundred dollars because I'm in this movie now. And it's like nobody, no, nobody else talk. Like nobody talk. It's so and it's good. Like, and the, the director's like, "What we're we gonna do? We have a very small cast. I'm playing three parts in this movie." Is this says the director? <laughs> and then the actor who plays the head of the Screen Actors Guild or representative of it. Is immediately in the next scene with a very elaborate fake mustache. <laughs> it is um, Clooney behind the counter of the uh, of the pizza place, and screen actors guy comes in. As he walks in, he kind of looks at the camera like he sh knows he shouldn't, and he's like, "Hello, sir. I am very parched. I would like something to drink." <laughs> oh, would you? Would you like? And he's just keep showing all these. Here, have this. Have this. Have this. Oh, you know what I love. I love a good Foster's. Ah, like and it's just uh, very funny. Uh, and and then um, Chad shows up. What are you doing? We gotta, we gotta, we gotta get Tara back or whatever. It's like I'm doing the product placement for the thing. There's no time for that. We gotta go talk. Let me come over here and we'll talk. And they sit down in a booth, and they're having a discussion. And all of a sudden, a hand, a gloved hand, holding a box of cornflakes, just goes. <laughs> And the cornflakes is right in front of the camera. At the cornflakes, I lost it. Just putting the cornflakes directly in front of the actors, I went like, "Okay, this, this, this is the absolute like." Do you know when uh, when Wayne's World did this? There was a Wayne's World. Wayne's World one. Yes, Wayne's World two. yeah. That is years after this. They straight up stole that gag from yes. this movie. The people who wrote that on, movie know this. Know that movie. Know this oh, for movie. sure. They stole I, that gag from this movie, and this this movie did it better. They also do that same, very same self-effacing uh, satire, but between two ferns that Jack Galifianakis mm -hmm. uh, sketch does a, a lot of stuff like that. That was the first time I think I laughed in the movie. Was oh, <laughs> the the cornflake thing was. I think it was the thing first was so time great. I laughed, and it was a good one. It was very good. Um, so uh, the yeah, there there are a lot of pro products like in the background everywhere. Like there's there was one point where there was like cans of slice li yes. lined up on a counter, and I was like, oh, I miss slice. Yeah, I slice was a quality soda, and we don't have slice anymore. We don't. And I miss slice. Um, the Honda one was my favorite, though. The Honda one was really good. There were like, there were like like like. They're like in a rush and they were like, but to be fast and fuel efficient or whatever. Like, we have to take these so Honda ATVs. <laughs> yeah, this four-wheeler has got everything you need. And uh and finally Chad's like, 
do we have enough money to finish the picture? And then and then Clooney looks over, says, Would you have enough money? And the director is sitting there sipping champagne and has all these models around him. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> uh, it was, that was good stuff. Um, so, um, so Matt, that's what happens. Matt goes to the lab. He sneaks into the lab to try and use the equipment there to turn Tara back into a person. Now, they're able to turn other tomatoes Turn that tomato into other things, but never Tara. Right. Like at one point, they turned into a really, really hot blonde girl, and Clooney's like, "Could we just, could we just keep it the way it is?" Clooney's like, this "I mean, is, this is great. It's fine. I mean, it's not really her, but like, I mean, maybe we'll find a different tomato. Maybe another tomato is Tara, and this tomato is this lady. Hello, how are you?" Um, he's very, very good at playing this part. Um, uh, but, um, uh, Doctor Gangrene shows up. Uh, and squishes the tomato. And they throw Chad and Matt into the dungeon. Um, and then Tara's there. Like, she's fine. She's a person. And she's been undamaged. And she's fine. And she's also in the dungeon. And then, like, FT is there. The fuzzy tomato dog thing. And it, it, uh, it rolls down the stairs. And they pass a note under it to, like, Tack it to FT so we can take the note to Uncle Wilbur to help to let them know this is where you should go to come break in. And, and can't emphasize us. enough hates tomatoes so much. Hates tomatoes. So um, the tomato uh, FT tries to climb the stairs and keeps falling backwards down them because it's funny. Oh, cool. And that's the only reason to do that. Yeah. But eventually he's able to make it to Wilbur, and Wilbur's going to kill him with a knife until he notices the note. It's like, well, this is Chad's handwriting. All right, tomato. I get it. Uh, I think this is where all the people from the original movie show up. Because uh, yes, Sam Smith, who has put on a lot of weight in the intervening decade from 1977 to 1988, um, shows up wearing a Momar Gaddafi costume. And Phil Finletter, who, this is the gag in the original movie, every time he's wearing a different costume, Finletter thinks it's actually that person. Um, so when he meets him, I don't know why this is the seventies. Uh, he's wearing a Hitler costume, a mustache and a full Nazi dress, um, uniform. And Finletter thinks it's Hitler. So he tries to kill him. And then the Mason Dixon, the leader of the outfit has to stop him from trying to kill Sam Smith. Um, it's like, uh, and then eventually it's like, ah, I see we're working with him this, this time now. All right. And gives the Nazi salute because, you know, if we're working with them, like we did, frankly, like we did right after World War II, when we were trying to kill the Russians, basically it's what we, go back and watch our episode about, about alien Nazis. Because basically, anyway, um, so, uh, uh, he anyway, so he tries to kill Sam Smith again because Sam Smith dressed as Muammar Gaddafi. But then later he's dressed as Lone Ranger, uh, and it's a, it's a, it's far too tight a costume for this poor Sam Smith character. I think they had the the epi the the costumes tailored to his measurements from ten years prior, and he showed up to set, and they were like, "Oh crap, we don't have oh, the money no. to make different costumes, so you're going to have to squeeze into these." It was kind of unfortunate for him, but also the dude who we never saw again after he in the original movie, 
there's a, a scene that's shot from like the 12th floor of, of, a, of an office building. Uh, you see a guy um, walk in his full scuba gear and he walks up and he does the thing where like he sits on the little lip of the fountain and then he does the thing where he puts the like the apparatus on whatever and he drops backwards into it like you would off the back of a boat um, <laughs> into a fountain and then starts swimming around. And all the people in the courtyard of this office park stop and start walking over toward the fountain like what are you do? i don't think they told those people i don't think they were in on it i think they like gorilla filmed one scene where this dude in a, in a scuba suit jumped into a fountain because then you you see the, the 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 shot zoom out to where it actually is and they're way up in the thing so i have no idea if that guy got arrested or what but like people were really upset for this dude swimming in the fountain and i thought that was funny anyway that we never funny. saw him again. The go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say that is really funny if that's what happened. Um, uh, the we never saw him again after that in 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 the first movie, but he's back in the second movie dressed in the same way as as the underwater expert, and never does he go underwater in the second movie. But he's around. He's part of this now elite unit that is going to go and try and break out Chad and Matt and Tara from the dungeon. The thing is, they already got out. I forget exactly uh, how how the, how they get out, um, uh, but but they oh they the, the tomato the, with the he, no right right he forces them into the transformation chamber. Yes, That's what, they're not in the dungeon, but in the transformation chamber. But Tara's been taken away by Igor and Doctor Gangrene to the prison to do the prison breakout thing. Um, so Ch Chad and Matt are in this uh, in the thing. There's, there's a huge, comically oversized uh, high school basketball scoreboard, which is counting down the, the seconds until the gas chamber goes off and kills everybody. Yes. So FT is a hero. He's, he's trying. He sacrifices himself, or tries to, many times actually, to uh, to to go and and and. Uh, have a diversion to get all the Rambos to chase him off the property so that Uncle Wilbur and his crack team of commandos can infiltrate the estate. Um, they're all walking through, trying to figure out where they're going. Uh, Sam Smith comes across a labeled door that says China Closet. And I was like, oh, no. This is, this is going to be a very unfortunate gag. And he opens it. And it's just like a, 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 a shot of the Great Wall of China. And I was like, well, in the grand scheme of things, Not that's bad. probably about the best joke. Like, all right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, because, of course, it, we, in the movie we covered before, the, uh, the Weird Al Yankovic UHF, uh, they were, um, there were some Japanese fellows stationed in a supplies uh, closet. And uh, and then when they opened the door, they said they yelled "surprise" as though they were saying "surprise," and that it's is racist. racist. So uh, <laughs> this Great Wall of China exists in China, so technically it's not racist. Um, uh, this uh, they bring a bunch of tomatoes with them and change them all into rainbow guys at the prison. The bad guys do so they can do this whole uh, stealing everything, um, but. Uh, so Finletter finds him in the basement, but he's wrapped up in his parachute and barely just in time. 
gets to touch it. Oh, by the way, Matt or Chad calls a timeout, and there's a referee. This is my favorite part. I love this. <laughs> this so is referee's like timeout, and so they have more seconds now during the timeout for Wilbur to try and find his way to the to the to the to the off switch. Um, and at one point, Clooney says, "Hurry up! That was our last timeout." <laughs> which is which great. I just thought was, which really and then made, made me laugh. The timer runs all the way down. There's like mm -hmm. a good guys versus bad guys scoreboard, and they like put up them. They put up more points, which I thought was cute too. That it was like yeah. this countdown clock, and then turned into a proper scoreboard. It was pretty fun. Yeah, I, I thought that was very funny. Um, uh, eventually. So Chad, Matt, Wilbur, Sam Smith, and the and the scuba gear guy and FT um, have have bathed their way to the prison, uh, lickety split, um, and uh, I believe us on those ATVs, um, and they they get there and uh, they're still staging the, the breakout. They've gotten Richardson out, and so uh, there's a. There's a standoff in a hallway between all the commando dudes and and Wilbur and his friends. They've yes. only got like one, like Sam Smith, who's dressed as a Lone Ranger, has two little silver toy guns that he keeps carrying around. Like he's, he's it's just the dumbest thing ever. Um, but the lights go out, and when the lights come back on, the tomato guys are squished. I guess we're supposed to think they all got shot uh, during the big uh, firefight in the dark. There's also like Tara's in a gas chamber. Yes. And like she's, we find out that, that Dr. Grand Green has put her in the gas chamber uh, and threatens to, to flow the switch and kill her in the gas chamber of the death row of the prison they're at. If right. the, if, if the, if the good guys don't surrender, um, and Igor's got holding a hand grenade. Forgot about that. Um, <laughs> FT, during the big fight that happens, throws himself on the hand grenade to sacrifice himself. And, uh, and uh, Gang Green successfully is able to trigger the gas. Um, but Tara's back, um, and she keeps putting the hand up on the glass and it Which slides down. Funny. And then again, I liked at the end to like right and then in this one more scene. time. Yeah, it just like keeps <laughs> keeps coming back. And then also when he pulls out the grenade, so he pulls out something else and Clooney's like, that's not gonna scare us. And then he's like, What if I pulled out this grenade? And he that's was like, true. Well, yes, that will yeah, yes, that, that will scare that, that's I'm much very scarier. Scared. Much, much scarier. <laughs> but this is when I was like, oh, this has like a little bit of the airplane blueprint was because there's like a button that says like, let all the gas out of the chamber so people are okay or something. Yes. And the door is labeled like, hey, this door is a gas chamber or something. And I right. was like, oh, that feels very specifically airplane too, actually. That felt very, um, these lights, they're blinking out of sequence. What do we do? Yeah. We'll get them to blink in sequence. Like started <laughs> to, that, that feel of parody started to come into yeah. play. Um, so Chad way too opens, little, way too late for me. Well, yeah, Chad opens the door. Tara's fine. She's not humid, so the gas didn't hurt her. That's yeah. fine. Um, uh, Doctor Gangrene plays but plays some kind of music to make Tara transform back into a tomato. But nothing happens. Everyone knows that exposure to the gas 
makes it makes you impervious to music. It's this wonderful, stupid Deus Ex Machina where they just made a rule up at the time to like make everything okay, which literally happens in really good movies. Like otherwise, it's it's not a good movie. If they do this, it's not a good movie. But people accept them as being good movies. Yes, all the time. Oh no, it's fine because of this. Well, when did that happen? Just now. That's not you. You can't just do that. But this movie, at least, is smart enough to realize that it's making the dumbest thing possible a yes. new rule. I think that was good. Um. Uh. So, um. Uh, they they take Dr. Gangreen away. Richardson is arrested again where he says, I'm the, I was the star of the first film. Um, and uh, so the town is, is celebrating, celebrating all the heroes, including FT, where they've made a whole line of FT dolls. And this is where the Seas girls were like, I, I want one. I want, <laughs> I want a, a, an FT doll. And I was like, of course they do. I'm fairly certain at one point they actually like this. This movie was successful enough that they made a Saturday morning cartoon show yeah. based off of it that ran for two years. I don't thank, know how. You can thank Clooney, my friend. Well, well, I guess he wasn't a star yet, but like, um, they made it for a million dollars and it grossed five million. That's a, that's a five times profit, honey. That 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 doesn't that is. Insane. That's, that's pretty good, actually. Um, but uh, so, like, five million was the budget of the room, and it felt much lower budget than this. Yes. Um, uh, there's a point where uh, uh, Uncle Wilbur and Sam are waving to the crowd and everything. Hey, anybody seen Matt? And Sam says, "Oh, he went back to that to that to that uh, underground lab." to destroy it and make sure nobody ever makes tomatoes into anything ever again. Ah, what a good boy that Matt is. And the last thing we see is Matt running into the surf on the beach with a bunch of scantily clad tomato ladies. And and it's very obvious that that's what, that's what he's done. He's made himself a harem of tomato ladies because that's what you do. The original gag at the very beginning of the whole thing is um, is that uh, the there's a hey this is your crazy midnight movie um, and uh, and if if we call you and you say the secret word then uh, then you get all the bonus money which is nine dollars and twenty eight cents or whatever so keep watching the movie if we call you whatever. I think they call uh, Dr. Gangrene on the on the phone that the governor would call to, to give clemency to an inmate, whatever, says, uh, you know the secret word or whatever? It's like, I don't have time for this. What the? And then that's when the the confetti drops, which is what I think allows them to get the, get the drop on him and start the big fight or something. I don't know what. But anyway, the original Crazy Midnight movie they were going to play was uh, Bikini Girls Go to the Beach and Take Their Tops Off, I think was the name of the original movie. And so then uh, they change it to, I think at the end, Tomato Girls Go to the Beach and Take Their Tops Off is the <laughs> song that plays at the end over the credits. But then it's revealed uh, that uh, there are a bunch of uh, carrot commandos 
that have uh, killed, murdered everybody who was original hosts of the we're going to call you and ask you what the secret word is crew. And uh, so they were teasing a sequel. There were two more. I don't I don't know that any of them had carrot commandos. Um, well, we see but, Chad drive off with what's her name, Tara, and right. she her eyes turn all red and tomato. Oh, too. that's right. Yeah, she's a tomato, too. But then how did she um, survive the gas? Who's to say? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I want to know what the names of these things are because they, they, they were there were there were more of them. Well, there was one that uh, was just Return of the Killer Tomatoes 2, right? And then I think the last one had a different name or something. Um, they were going to make a remake. They were going to make a remake, but then they canceled it. And they were going to do a reboot. That's a shame. There's a reboot that has that is that filming began in July 2019, and there's been no nothing. Oh so, darn! Too bad. Um, Return of the Killer Tomatoes, Killer Tomatoes Strike Back, came out in 1990. Um, and then Killer Tomatoes Eat France came out in 1991. <laughs> of course so. they did. Um. Yeah, there was Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, a cartoon TV series which ran on Fox Kids. For how many yeah. seasons? Uh, see, uh, September nineteen ninety to November nineteen ninety one. Repeats aired in ninety two and ninety six, and on Fox Family from nineteen ninety eight to two thousand. Um, how many episodes did they make? That's uh, interesting that the show was there on only, well. There were only 21 episodes made, but it aired for like a full year. Wow. I think um, it's interesting that the episodes were on while the movies were, like it was on mm -hmm. TV the same time that the sequels were being made. It's kind of an interesting thing. Yeah. Weird. Um, but yeah, there were, they, in this one, there are actual real um, tomato characters. Like Zoltan was a was a tomato commander, and has all these people. They were real. They they were actually animated tomatoes with faces and stuff, which never appeared in the original movies. Like they never had faces. They were just like tomatoes or fake tomatoes. I'm now. I don't think I saw the cover art, and I like just googled the franchise. Mm -hmm. And the like open can with the tomato breaking out of it is some mm -hmm. pretty clutch work. Yeah, good pretty good stuff. stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so like the original, I gotta, I gotta find this, this kids TV show. I never watched an episode of this, but like, I was 10, 10 when this thing came out, which is prime, like. Get up before your parents do and watch cartoons and eat bad cereal all morning. I was but a wee child. I wouldn't remember such a thing. But like, so I wonder if I why I never saw. I must have been watching a different because uh, you know whatever's on ABC Kids is different than what's over on CBS or NBC or Fox. You can only watch one at a time. So I don't know what was gone at the same time, but I must have missed it. I gotta find these things because it's actually like Doctor Gangrene's in it. Igor's in it. Chad Finletter's in it. 
I can't Tara, believe you saw this and are like, I need more. Listen, this is how my brain works. I know you're a completionist. I I, I am. It's a, it's a it's a weird OCD. Like I I, I don't I don't. So, so there's a lot of people that just are. Like I they don't need to see have any interest in watching um, the Return of the Killer Tomatoes two or three or whatever the, the rest of but it. But the, the show in France. But I, I just want to see what I want to see one episode of the kids cartoon show that was based off of this movie that like this movie was apparently successful enough and well thought of enough. Let's base a kids cartoon show off of it. And here's what it is. That's what I want to know. I'm I'm sorry. Sounds like bonus content. But like FT is in it. FT is in it. There's a FT. I would hope so. The star of the show. Because of the tomato-hating world, FT masqueraded himself as the world's ugliest dog. That's just sad. It is sad. Um, tomato-hating yeah. society. So true. Um, yeah, th this uh, this movie sucked. that we are that that we are reviewing was terrible. Sucked. It was not a I good laughed, movie. I think, twice, maybe three times. I uh I I'm not a big laugher when I watch movies. I mean occasionally okay. I, I think I had emotional reactions okay. of any kind at the fourth wall scene once Clooney came in. There were there the were the cornflakes thing and then the Honda. That was it. There were some moments that I that I did laugh. Uh, in this, but I, I, it's, it's really bad. Cause I shouldn't, I shouldn't be this kind of people because these kind of people are not good. Um, I, I am a, that's funny person. Sometimes, sometimes I will, I will recognize the artistry of the joke being written, the, the joke being delivered. And I will say to myself, that's a funny joke. I, I won't laugh. Mm. Those, those, those are, those are the worst people. I, I, now, if I'm no. if I'm at like if I'm at are... like a live a live comedy event, like a, a, a stand up comedy or, or a funny theater performance, I will laugh. But if I'm sitting alone on my couch, I'll be like, "That's funny." I won't no, laugh. no, no, no. See, I don't think that's bad. I think that means that you're intelligent to recognize when something is a fundamentally sound joke, but it's not necessarily your taste. If it's your taste, you'll laugh at it. But you can right. acknowledge something is good comedy and not find it that funny there there um for example there are a lot of times when we are doing our show and you will say something funny and i will give you a deadpan look that i think enhances the comedy even though on the inside i am laughing <laughs> like right now. you do and you'll go that's good that's good that's good i'll do that i was like that's good you do do that I do, I do, and I think it's funnier because if I laugh along with it, sometimes it's involuntary because you will do something ridiculous and stupid. Um, uh, but but I will laugh. My wheelhouse, baby, ridiculous yeah. and stupid. There you go. Um, and I will laugh, but sometimes you'll 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 do something that you want a reaction out of me from, and I know the funniest thing to do is to no sell it. So that's what I do. Usually, it's a really bad pun in those yeah. situations, mm -hmm. and I want to laugh because it is funny. But I know that it's actually funnier if I don't laugh. 
Why are we doing that? We're, we're giving everybody we're giving everybody the secrets to 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 why we work. So oh my well, gosh, like we've said too much. See, see, <laughs> that was that's good. good. That um, was yeah, no, get the flick out of here. Um, the oh, only thing, the, the only thing I will, the only thing I will keep, and I, I will, I will say this to to to, to anybody. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a weird thing to say now. People are like not really. Yeah, I, if you're a George Clooney super fan, you owe it to yourself to to watch at least his scenes, because it is, it is crazy to me. It is crazy to me that like six years between this movie, this trash movie that he was very admittedly, I think, very good in. Six years pass and he is Dr. Heartthrob. Like, my, my, like, and the thing of is, is that McDreamy yeah, before McDreamy babies. All right. If you don't he know, he was McDreamy and McSteamy rolled into one. Oh my God, what a dream! Um, he was McDoomy, is what he was. But this guy, um, uh, it's so funny because he he seems very young in this movie, but by the time in '94 rolls around, he's all salt and pepper, and and like grizzled two day growth of beard, and just feels like he's like. He's perpetually forty-four years old in in all throughout all of uh, all of ER for like two but decades. He, but like but for, exactly for the whole the whole thing, like he like honestly, I look at Clooney now and I think he's aged maybe three years since the first episodes of ER. But <laughs> between this movie that we're talking about and ER, he aged two decades. It's crazy to me, like like how that did how that happened it's, for him. It is what a mullet does to you. Yeah, honest to God, it's yeah, too it much. Might be, it might be. I, I don't, I wouldn't know. I can't grow them anymore. I would say that the unfortunate part of this is that my the only things I liked about this probably happened between an hour ten and an hour thirty into the movie. Yeah, this was very backloaded as far as entertaining content, and mm -hmm. it really had lost me on it. I think also probably the reason I'm a little sour on it is we did watch. Stay tuned, UHF. Um, what did we do last week? Oh, mannequin. I was like, music makes tomatoes stop being weird. A necklace makes a mannequin turn into a person. Enough I, with the weird thing turning a person into a, an inanimate object. I fully acknowledge that it was a bad placement to do this right after that. Okay, fully we acknowledge. Didn't, we didn't know. That's my bad. Um, but we're gonna cleanse uh, the palate, and next time. I'm yeah, sure we'll have like a you know, a Yankee candle that turns into a person when you blow out the flame or whatever. Here's the thing: I feel like there's a whole sub subsection of Christmas movies that is all random inanimate object becomes something. Like, isn't that a thing? That like, <sighs> yeah. So I, we're we're gonna we're gonna as we get into um the this is the thing we're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to do some digging because I want October to be Halloween month. Okay, but they can't be scary. So this is gonna be a thing of like trying to find spooky. One of them is Spooky Buddies, which Obviously. of course is the seventeenth film in the Airbud series, where Airbud's children, uh, the buddies, uh, in, uh, uh, get uh, 
have run afoul of a haunted house. Um, we could do and, Freaky Friday, a Jamie Lee Curtis Lindsay Lohan production. That's not Halloween, um, but we'll we'll <laughs> but figure out something. Real bad. But I gotta find some other things that are that are there. Um, and from November first, I would say on. <laughs> yes, yeah, str straight up. That's all the way through. These people that wait till Thanksgiving, I'm not one mm, of them. Okay. No. 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 Halloween's no over. November. Boom. November first, all the way through. You get ready for eight solid weeks of Hallmark Christmas movies. Autumn and some, can kiss my butt. Yeah. It's Christmas season, baby. Yeah. This is the thing: is that um, uh, one of one of my, my last features that I wrote for Fightful was a uh, a full on uh, dissection of the movie Santa's Sleigh starring Bill Goldberg. Um, it is not for you. It is too scary for you. It's ridiculous that I could say that, but there's, there's this too scary for you. This movie that stars Goldberg as Demon Santa uh, is too scary for you, but I think I might have to review it and you'll review something else on the same day. Cause I, I have, I wrote this whole thing about it. I gotta, I gotta go into it. Santa's Sleigh. One of the worst movies I've ever seen. Ridiculous, terrible thing. But I I'm am ashamed that that would be too scary for me. And I am also delighted that you know well, is that. It, is it scary that you're upset about or gore? Because it's not scary. Every, everything in that movie is telegraphed to begin with. But there is a, he does kill a lot of people. Yeah, I'm not... Yeah. yeah. No, thanks. Hard yeah. pass. <laughs> you... Everybody should give Santa Slay a hard, hard pass. <laughs> that is everybody for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, we'll figure out what we're going to do for next week. Uh, get the flick out of here. Although I will, there's some really good Clooney stuff in it. That's what I will say. I think that he's doing really good work in it. Otherwise, like, and also, he's a great a, version of an archetype I loathe. Yes, there you go. Um, I, he's. I think the whole what I love about it is he's he's taking the archetype and and pushing it to its absolute limit of absurdity. Yeah, and poking at it a little bit. And poking too. at like it and saying yeah, like this this guy that I am playing is ridiculous and you see it in everything and you don't think twice about it. But this version of it you go, "Hey, that guy's a little bit yeah, that's the problem." Yes. The uh the thing I will say about it is that um I would never ever recommend this. But if you've seen Attack of the Clones, not Attack of the Clones, my God. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Don't see Attack of the Clones. It's terrible. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Um, if you've seen the first one, why not see the second one? But why would you ever have seen the first one? Um, the second one at least has jokes that call back to the first one. And I would say that no one should ever watch the second one if they haven't seen the first one. And no one should watch the first one. And so therefore... Get the flick out For of here. those reasons, I'm out. <laughs> Get the flick out of here. I Get would say don't watch this under any circumstances. It was yeah. awful. Um, if somebody has it on in the next room and you can time the last 26 minutes or so of it, yeah. knock your socks yeah, so uh, hey, uh, follow me on, on, on the Twitter at Alex Sourgraps also. Alex Sourgraps on YouTube, where I'm doing a lot of uh, gaming streams and watch-alongs and things, trying to get those subscriber counts up, 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 uh, so that would be wonderful. 
Uh, and then we do all the fightful stuff where we talk about wrestling and whatever. Kate, what, what do they find people find you? You can find me at Miss Kate Fabe on Twitter and TikTok and on Instagram at Kate's and all over Fightful uh, on Tuesdays and Fridays and pay-per-views and Wednesdays at the Mark Order podcast. Anyway, so that's it. We're gonna we're gonna figure out what we're gonna do from here. We're gonna we gotta we gotta cleanse the palate like in, we gotta like take like well, eighty grit sandpaper and just rub it all over our tongues. That's how much we gotta cleanse the palate. Uh, bleach, <laughs> I think, might be involved, but we'll figure out what's happening. We need next. like then, I don't know how we find another. Is it cake? But we gotta find another thing that that's that far like, away. Yeah. Yes. Something like that. <laughs> to be continued. Until then. Remember, when in doubt, get the flick out of here. <laughs> R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Click the subscribe button and find out what it means to me. Nah, that doesn't have a ring to it. But if you like videos about real news stories that are funny, stupid, or weird, subscribe now.